Tradcast Express. Tradcast Express, it's Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Athanasius Schneider is an auxiliary Novus Ordo bishop in Astana, Kazakhstan, famous for weighing in on a lot of issues outside his actual assigned territory, such as Germany, for instance. You may have heard that the German Novus Ordo hierarchy is so liberal and so far to the left that they've threatened to begin, and some have already begun, publicly blessing same-sex couples in open defiance of the Vatican, which has forbidden the practice. And so recently there once again flared up talk over whether the German church is going to break with Rome and enter into schism with Francis and his unholy see. That is the context in which Schneider spoke when interviewed about the topic by LifeSite a few days ago. Let me quote here some of his words as reported in the May 10th LifeSite report, Bishop Schneider, How Catholics in Germany Can Remain Faithful in Face of Schism. And these are direct quotations from Schneider concerning what he thinks German Novus Ordos are supposed to be doing right now in order to remain faithful and not become schismatics. Quote, Firstly, they should self-assuredly and joyfully confess the fullness of the Catholic faith, which they know from the Catechism and from the ever-valid documents of the Magisterium of the Church. They should organize meetings and conferences to explain and to strengthen the Catholic faith. All those who still want to live the fullness of the Catholic faith should unite together pushing away some existing differences between them, which are substantially of a secondary character in view of the ongoing massive apostasy from the Catholic faith in Germany, unquote. There's more, he said, but this is enough for our purposes. First, notice how he cleverly speaks of the ever-valid documents of the magisterium, which he means in a restrictive sense because he believes that some documents of the Magisterium are not ever valid, such as Francis Amoris Laetitia, for example, which Schneider has said teaches the joy of adultery. Second, his references to the fullness of the Catholic faith are actually misleading because that phraseology suggests that the Catholic faith exists in elements and that one can be a Catholic while rejecting some of them, which of course is false. In 1914, Pope Benedict XV stated in his encyclical Ad Beatissimi No. 24, quote, Such is the nature of Catholicism that it does not admit of more or less, but must be held as a whole or as a whole rejected, unquote. So you cannot be more or less Catholic. You can only either be Catholic or not be Catholic. Now, that binary doesn't work for Schneider because then he would have to acknowledge that, from his perspective, a great many of the Novus Ordo bishops are not Catholics, including Francis, not to mention the laity. Third, Schneider speaks of an ongoing massive apostasy from the Catholic faith in Germany. Now, on that he is correct, of course, but then why is he trying to prevent schism? 
If so many of the clergy and laity in the Novus Ordo Church in Germany are apostates, who cares about them being schismatics? All apostates are already schismatics by definition, because while schism consists of separating yourself from the Pope or the other members of the Church, apostasy means you're giving up the religion altogether. And if you've given up the entire religion, why then obviously you've also separated yourself from the Pope and the other members of the church. Lastly, there is one essential element missing from Schneider's advice. Did you notice it? Can you guess what it might be? If he's trying to help Catholics remain faithful and avoid schism, what is the most obvious piece of advice he should give? to remain loyal to the Pope. <laughs> it is so telling that that is the one thing Schneider does not tell them to do. And why do you think that is? Why is he not encouraging his co-religionists in Germany to remain firmly attached and subject to the man they all believe to be the Pope, namely Jorge Bergoglio, Francis? Well, Obviously, because Francis himself is a modernist, is not their rule of faith, and is as much of a problem as the very people Schneider is denouncing. So, this right here once again shows that although they scream at the top of their lungs how valid of a Pope Francis is, they do not actually recognize him as Pope in practice, because it's not possible you can't treat him as the rule of faith and still be a Catholic. But if that is so, then he cannot be the Pope because the Pope is the proximate rule of faith in the Catholic Church. In 1791, Pope Pius VI issued the apostolic letter, quote, aliquantum. In it, he condemned the civil constitution of the clergy in France which required Catholic priests to swear an oath of fidelity to the French government, thereby subordinating their loyalty to the Pope and to the Catholic religion to the civil laws of France. Pius VI denounced that, of course, and asked, quote, How, in fact, can it be said that communion with the visible head of the Church is maintained when this is limited to announcing the fact of the election merely, and at the same time an oath is taken which denies the authority of his primacy. In his capacity as head, do not all his members owe him the solemn promise of canonical obedience, which alone can maintain unity in the church and avoid schisms in this mystical body founded by Christ our Lord? Unquote. And there we have it. What is the antidote to schism? It is remaining in communion with and obedience to the head of the church, the vicar of Christ. Duh, right? So, why is Schneider not mentioning that? If there is a threat of schism in the German church, then the solution will be to cling firmly to the Pope. And if the bishops separate themselves from the Pope then one has to separate oneself from those bishops in order to cling to the Pope. Remaining in communion with the Pope at all costs alone would guarantee that one avoids schism. And also heresy, by the way. That is how it works, 
in the real Catholic Church. That is how the papacy was set up by Christ. The Pope is not just a figurehead for whom you pray at Mass and whom you acknowledge as head of the Church verbally while refusing him submission in your actions. See, it doesn't matter, objectively speaking, it doesn't matter how many conferences you have about the fullness of the Catholic faith or even how many rosaries you pray if you do not submit to the Roman pontiff. Now, I know some of you listening out there are going to say, haha, that's funny, you say to Vacanists yourselves don't submit to the Pope. But that's not true. It's true we don't submit to Francis or to Benedict XVI, but that's because we believe they're not true popes. See, we believe in the papacy. We just don't believe there is currently a pope reigning. And the reason we believe that is that it is impossible to reconcile the Catholic teaching on the papacy with these modernist clowns. So, I guess you could say that we sacrifice Francis in order to save the papacy. That's because sacrificing the papacy in order to save Francis is not an option. And that's because the papacy is divinely revealed. Francis being pope is not. So you see how much of a difference Sedevacantism makes. If you believe Francis is Pope and you don't submit to him, you're guilty of schism, at least in a subjective sense. So many people falsely believe that they're on the safe side by saying Francis is Pope while not following him. But there's nothing safe about it because it means you have to deny all those teachings about the papacy being the guarantor of orthodoxy and church unity. In 1873, Pope Pius IX released a phenomenal encyclical letter entitled Quartus Supra, and it reads like a direct condemnation of the Society of St. Pius X. If you can find it at papalencyclicals.net, Quartus Supra is the name. And it's, it's a bit long, but it's very, very much worth it. Here are some of the things that Pius IX says in that document, quote, Whoever the Roman pontiff judges to be a schismatic for not expressly admitting and reverencing his power must stop calling himself Catholic. The Catholic Church has always regarded as schismatic those who obstinately oppose the lawful prelates of the Church and in particular the chief shepherd of all. Every schism fabricates a heresy for itself to justify its withdrawal from the church. Most men feel that the church's supreme head and shepherd should decide who are Catholics and who are not. Unquote. And so on and so forth. So, I think we've done enough here to expose Schneider's curious omission of the obvious and only ultimate solution to the threat of schism. He can't point to submission to Francis as the answer because he himself doesn't really submit to him, and he knows that submitting to him would mean becoming an apostate. 
There is a way out of this conundrum, though. It begins with Sede and ends in vacantism. In other news, New Vatican Working Group aims to excommunicate mafia members. Vatican News reported on May 10th. Now, that surprises me because I thought Club Francis was the church of inclusion that marginalizes no one. I remember how on November 5th, 2015, Francis said that Christians always include and that it is Pharisees who exclude. And of course, just the other day, on May 3rd, in his message for the World Day of Migrants and Refugees, the false pope said that we need to work on becoming an ever wider we. And now this. <laughs> on June 21st, 2014, the Frankster even claimed that the mafiosi are not in communion with God. Well, excuse me, but who's he to judge? Besides, that's totally against Vatican II, which says that, quote, men who believe in Christ and have been truly baptized are in communion with the Catholic Church, even though this communion is imperfect. And all who have been justified by faith in baptism are members of Christ's body and have a right to be called Christian and so are correctly accepted as brothers by the children of the Catholic Church. Unquote. Both of these statements come from Vatican II's decree Unitatis Ret Integratio, solemnly approved by Paul VI on November 21st, 1964. So come on, Francis, embrace your mafiosi brothers. Be fraternal. Let me tell you, it's amazing how quickly Vatican II goes out the window when applying its theology consistently would become a little too laughable. Oh, and by the way, excommunicating the mafia, that runs totally counter to the principles of Amoris Laetitia. Remember Amoris Laetitia? That was the <clears throat> apostolic exhortation that Francis released in 2016 after two synods on the family. In that document, the Jesuit antipope essentially reduces the sixth commandment to a mere suggestion. He basically argues that when God said, thou shalt not commit adultery, he really meant it would be ideal if you didn't put yourself into an irregular situation. So, hey, if that works for the sixth commandment, why not also for the fifth? Thou shalt not kill. See, instead of rigidly telling the mafia that they're excommunicated, shouldn't he be more welcoming and instead try to emphasize the positive elements in their crime syndicate? You know, things like discipline, loyalty, a sense of honor. I don't know, but they may in fact want to look into some mafia syndicate blessings here, at least for the positive elements. And besides, what about extenuating circumstances? Okay, I mean, in Amoris Laetitia, 
Francis basically granted a hardship exemption to adulterers and said in paragraph 303 that they might discern that, quote, it is what God himself is asking amid the concrete complexity of one's limits, while yet not fully the objective ideal, unquote. So why does this work for the sixth commandment, but not for the fifth? I guarantee you that there are people in the mafia who would prefer to get out, but, you know, they've got bills to pay and, you know, they just have other incredibly complex limits to work with. So I really don't see how the Vatican can threaten the mafia with excommunication. Francis himself said in Amores Letizia, number 297, quote, no one can be condemned forever because that is not the logic of the gospel. Here I am not speaking only of the divorced and remarried, but of everyone in whatever situation they find themselves. Unquote. There. Wouldn't that include the mafia and other gangsters? <coughs> Folks, I hope you all realize that I'm speaking tongue-in-cheek here. Of course, I'm not saying that there should be mercy or a welcoming attitude for unrepentant mafiosi. I'm just satirizing the absurdity of Francis' theology by showing that as soon as you apply the same principles to another, more obvious moral problem, you see how evil and ludicrous his teaching really is. And finally, last month, the Vatican Press Office announced that an international theological symposium would be held in February of next year. The topic? For a fundamental theology of priesthood. What could possibly go wrong there, right? Well, a preview of the thing was given at the Vatican press conference introducing the event, which was held on April 12th. And there, a female theology professor from the Pontifical Gregorian University named Michalina Tanache said the following, quote, changes, and here she means changes in the theology of the priesthood, changes cannot be dictated by cultural pressures, but neither should they exclude the fact that in the issues that prompt change, there is a call to free the faith from encrustations of the past, unquote. See, this is a problem in the Vatican II Church. Once you start with a giornamento, with updating, you have to keep things updated continually. It's not a one-shot deal. It's like updating the operating system on your computer. Windows 95 was great in, well, 95, but today, you're probably not going to run around bragging that your computer's got Windows 95 on it. But fear not, ladies and gentlemen, Professor Tanache's got this. She really sums things up when she says, quote, The symposium will help to understand that the crisis of the identity of the priest or of vocations is not only a crisis affecting particular individuals, but the ongoing transformation of the whole church as a body animated by the lymph of the spirit, a living organism on the basis of faith that creates a profound harmony between the members, the head, the joints, a communion that from age to age must reaffirm an adequate physiognomy of the kingdom. 
unquote. Got it? Tratcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate. Thank <laughs> you.